0: Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. These panels have been made possible thanks to Double Exposure and their game design convention, Metatopia, at Metatopia Online 2020. These panels have also been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and moderators at this event. Now, let's get to it. Episode 270, Kickstarter in the Age of COVID. Presented by Jonathan ritter Roderick and Anna Coombs.
1: Hi, Uh, everybody. We're back. John had just asked Anya a question about how, um, actually, I don't remember what the question was.
0: Yeah, so I was wondering how COVID has affected video game creators in potentially ways that they haven't expected.
2: Well, I think similar to tabletop, uh, one of the challenges is just sort of like going out and showing your game, right? Like, you don't really have that option to kind of like go to a conference and maybe like meet people that you would otherwise not be able to meet. Um, I think... Some of these online cons have been a little bit helpful in that sense, but I kind of also feel like stuff like Twitter and stuff just sort of like really relying on the community has been more helpful than anything else. Um, Guy's uh, gig, which is the Games Industry Gathering, which is invite only, uh, Guy has really sort of cultivated a space for that just to kind of like simulate the like hangout experience that you have at cons. I've met a bunch of creators that way, I've watched publishing deals happen, like there's things that... There's definitely sort of, like, replications. Um, But in terms of the content creation of things, um, I don't think it's been... It hasn't had a huge impact in terms of making games, just because it's like, well, as long as you have a computer, you can kind of do what you need to do. Um, I think there's a social isolation bit that is definitely at play, which I think we don't necessarily want to talk about. Not we on this panel, just general, like, we royal (laughs) we don't necessarily want to talk about as much but that does impact some of the sort of like uh creative decisions that can get made um it's i kind of feel like the social isolation is just as bad as crunch um Mm. i also think that crunch is a discussion especially in video games that is much more prevalent now because since we're all sort of at home right this is a big thing that's happening with cyberpunk the new cyberpunk game that's coming out where the head of the studio was like, well, crunch was necessary, and what's the big deal? And it's not like it impacted anyone. And then the dev team was like, hi, it kind of sucked, actually. So (laughs) that's sort of a challenge, right? Because it's like, well, where do you find that balance where it's like, well, in my pre-COVID life, I was like, okay, well, I work these hours, I do these things, I get up and, and sort of like repeat that system. And now it's like, well, I'm attention I essentially have a screen in front of me at all times, whether it's my television, whether it's my switch, whether whether it's my computer, whether it's my phone, whatever it is. And so I think there's a little bit of a tricking of the brain of well, if there's a screen in front of you, you need to be working. And so I, it's sort of up to the sort of you know, it's up to your leaders of whatever company you're working for, it's up to your management for whatever company or team you're working for, to kind of like really put those uh boundaries and guidelines in place but in terms of the actual creation of things like games are still coming out that you know among us is massive right now um john and i played the other night <laughs> yeah, that's uh, great. yeah video games are still going to get made no matter what
0: yeah that's a good point though about like having to take breaks uh just in general <laughs> like creation doesn't stop but it, it's it's harder uh, it, for me, at least, it's harder to blur that line. It, the, the line is blurred between work and relaxing, uh, and it's important. Like you, you realize how important those moments of relaxation are mm-hmm. when you don't really know when they're happening to the creation to the creative process. Like it's 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 very valuable.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, one of the questions that someone asked me before. Today was, okay, so it seems like everybody held their breath and a bunch of campaigns launched in October in analog games and Mm -hmm. that just all of a sudden there was an entire deluge Mm -hmm. of um, campaigns. Does that match your experience? And what do you think led to that effect, if so? Yeah, well,
2: historically what tends to happen is October is around the time that we as Kickstarter recommend people, like, that's the last time that you should launch. We actually don't recommend launching in November or December unless there's like a specific reason, and obviously there's always like sort of caveats for that. Two of the biggest ones have been Kingdom Death, which prior to Frost Haven, not Frostpunk, there's Frost Haven and Frostpunk, now, and I always so mix those up. Uh, so prior to Frost Haven, um, Kingdom Death was one of was the most funded uh, game of all time on Kickstarter, um, and they launched on like midnight on Thanksgiving, which was like would be a huge no for any other creator. Um, but again, there's sort of like, there's reasons as to why they were successful. They, you know, they're a repeat creator. They do they did a bunch of work. Like there's, there's, it's not like they were just like a brand new creator launching. Um, additionally, last year, Divinity Original Sin, the board game launched around the time the packs Unplugged and ended, I think like two days before Christmas. Um, but again, that's a team that had like built a huge community and things like that. For first time, second time, and sometimes third time creators, especially if like your, your uh, goal is low and you have a small community, The middle of October is typically around the last time that we recommend people launch because middle of October would mean that you end middle of November. Um, Starting the end of October, you would end basically around Thanksgiving. And because Kickstarter is not a store, right, we're not Amazon, we're not Target, like that's just not how it works, Uh, people's uh, minds and money and just like whole vibe are sort of tied up in the holidays. So it's not a it's not a situation where you just come to Kickstarter, you back something, and then it comes, and you're like, great, it'll you know, it's like an Etsy store where like suddenly it will show up on like my mom's doorstep. Uh, so there there tends to be a little a little bit of confusion there. So typically around now, towards the end of the year, we just the numbers that that tend to happen on Kickstarter are a little bit lower. Um, so as to why there's this huge influx of projects like around October, that happens every single
1: year. Interesting.
0: Yeah, and I, I, we definitely saw a lot of people kind of kind of hold their breath when COVID and everything started happening uh, right before Frosthaven, and then Frosthaven happened, kind of gave everyone a little bit more ease of like, oh, okay, we can do this. Let's let's keep creating. It was definitely like a a, a breathing moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of creators. I, every time someone asks me, you know, what should I do X, Y, or Z, I will say very closely to what Anya's saying, which is like, typically we don't recommend this, it, it is 2020, so like, who the heck knows, <laughs> like, there's a lot of things that people are doing, where I'm like, I don't know, like, maybe, <laughs> this year's weird.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to put a pin in that for people that listen to me regularly, if Kickstarter can't tell you what the absolute answers are, anybody that is telling you they know the absolute answers are full shit. Mm-hmm. just to put a pin in that. <laughs> Um, thank you for, for validating that point for me. Um, okay, so then if you don't know what like what's going to hit, what's not going to hit, how things are working, are there any patterns that you've noticed that have been interesting to you, if not necessarily gospel for how people should shape their plans? Patterns in what sense? In what funding, what's actually coming to funding, it has oh, what people yeah. are producing shifting? Mm-hmm yeah it's interesting it like the sort of basics
2: on kickstarter haven't really changed so it, it's not a situation where suddenly it's like wow uh these i don't know like card games suddenly were not popular and now they are it's not a situation like that it's it's if you do the work then like you should be able to sort of reap the benefits so if you do the outreach ahead of time if you you know uh, build a great campaign page and things like that like the, the absolute basics that we tell people is still definitely at play um, I think there Has been in uh, so just to be completely transparent to you like we've had one of the best years on record um, I think there's so many differences. There are uh, different reasons as to why that is Um but I think again, at the end of the day, like the model kind of works for tabletop because it's it's such a like perfect sort of like handholding marriage.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, Anya, I know you have numbers. I don't have them off the top of my head, which I'm sure you probably do. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think that I, I think there's like a, in my opinion, and I, I don't know if, uh, if everyone feels this way, but in my opinion, like. Tabletop is such like a tactile. It's it's a tactile experience. It's a tactile uh, uh, thing you can do with your friends, people in your bubble, uh, whatever you want to call it. That I think similar to like how people enjoy vinyl. Like I think people are realizing like, oh, this is a this is a, a nice thing I can do to connect with people, and they're really looking for something that they can do to to connect with people because you don't have those moments where you're going to a convention, you're going to a concert, you're going to a whatever game thing so it's it's tough um, and i think you know people are investing in themselves and their their own like enjoyment and happiness uh and in turn i think creators are creating for their own enjoyment and happiness it's super rewarding to like make a thing and have people be interested in it and actually want it uh, so i think people are just investing in, in themselves and i think that's super important regardless of whether you're watching a kickstarter campaign or like going to get a meal that you really like like, that's super important right now. Kind of, like, self-care mm-hmm. aspect of it.
1: Kickstarters' is self-care is something that a bunch of people are going to be excited to uh, hear validated.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I have a super, <laughs> it makes me feel super good when I, like, release an update for, my, like, a card game. And I'm like, what do you think? And people are like, that looks awesome. And I'm like, oh, that makes me feel good.
1: Dopamine <laughs> where you can find it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: seriously, yep.
1: All right. Smirk and Dagger asks, are there categories of games that seem not to do as well on Kickstarter now versus history? Like, has there been a transition in what people are backing?
2: Uh, I mean, I think that the more Kickstarter sort of ages, like, I think that we're just seeing higher numbers and the stuff that does well. I think in general, like, free to, I mean, for video games, at least for free to play games, those are like, oof, those are hard. I would say there's an interesting trend that we're constantly like talking about at Kickstarter, which is the tabletop to digital format. So like taking the experience of a tabletop game and putting it like into a table, like a digital table. Um, we've seen like it's so interesting to me, uh, just in the sense of like we see those be successful sometimes, but that success is predicated on people who are fans of that thing. Versus the general public being like, oh, yeah, I super am into this card game or something like that. Um, Card games always do, you know, pretty well. They're pretty straightforward. They're pretty easy. Um, The tabletop category success rate for this year alone is 70%. So, like, things are doing really, really well. For context, Kickstarter as a whole is about 38%. And the games category as a whole, uh, for the the lifespan of Kickstarter is about forty one percent this year. I believe it's at fifty six percent. So tabletop isolated is a seventy percent success rate in twenty twenty, which is wild. Um, that last is wild. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's up from about sixty six percent, which it was last year. So like, it's a high likelihood that if you launch a tabletop project on Kickstarter, you're gonna fund.
1: Interesting. Um, and specifically, uh, Smirk and Dagger was asking about uh, whether party games have seen a decrease in success, or are people just not putting them up right now? No, there's
2: definitely still party games. I haven't seen as many. I feel like party games are, like, weirdly cyclical. Like, I feel like I see more party games at, like, the beginning to middle of the year. I don't tend to see that many at the end of the year. I don't really know why that is. I'm sure there's some, like, psychological reasons. Um, right. but there's definitely still party games i suspect people are not designing many party games right now um i just sort of have, have a sneaking suspicion about that uh but i would definitely be curious to see come like early to mid 2021 kind of if that if the party game sort of space comes back i wouldn't say that it's a decrease i think it makes sense as to why people are a little bit more hesitant to do party games like kickstarter though yeah
0: playtesting is incredibly hard for a bunch of different reasons uh, I was just talking to somebody about playtesting a hidden deduction game and there's so many like little things that you can't playtest when you're playing a game and you're playing digitally like the way someone might shift their body or shuffle their feet or look away, and you just don't notice these little things that when you're playing something like uh, Coup that you, you notice that you don't notice in a digital format like someone might cough but they might be muted so you might not recognize it or something like that um (laughs) yeah like it's like playing among us but not talking to people like when i I played with anya recently we were on video our voice chat and i was like this is amazing like i've never played with on voice chat but playing like with just a bunch of random people it's not as fun anymore now (laughs)
1: right uh so we have a question from zofra asking what has changed since Uh, 2018 like what are the biggest changes you've seen since 2018
2: oh that's a big question um I mean I think honestly the biggest change is that the tabletop community just continues to bring incredible projects to kickstarter um we're seeing more and more companies really just sort of like relying on kickstarter to be sort of their like their main business um there's so many people now have been like, you know, I've been able to quit my full-time job and just run Kickstarter projects, which is like kind of crazy to think about sometimes. Um, right. Yeah, I think it's just the tabletop community, the success of the tabletop community increasing has been the biggest thing that I've seen. Yeah. Have
1: you seen any changes in the balance between board and card games and RPGs? Has there been any shift there that's notable? Um, I wouldn't really be able to speak to that. I. Feel like no,
2: I mean RPGs are all, always do rec- incredibly well on Kickstarter. Part of that is because of Luke's influence, um, <laughs> but like they, yeah, they always do incredibly well. Card games again always do, you know. I, I think again part of this is like it's once you sort of get your quotes from your manufacturer and things like that, and then you just sort of like put it up on Kickstarter. Like it's just it's it, there's a simplicity there. Um, it's much more simple than like a video game, so.
0: Yeah, I've noticed, um, I just started a Kickstarter this year, but I've been creating on the platform since like 2016, that every year that goes by, creators are just kind of upping their game their polish, their the work that they've, they're doing uh, in advance of a Kickstarter. That's not to say that it's a necessary uh, situation that you have to do those things by all means. Like you don't have to stay in line with like a huge company, but there's just more companies that are doing that. Um, so like I, I was always looking to see like who we were on the platform with at the same time to try to get inspiration from other campaigns as to how they were structuring their page, and how their graphic design was set up and all of those lines. Like, what was their video like, mm-hmm. um, which slowly I kept decreasing uh, the length of our videos because <laughs> it seemed like people's attention spans over time just got worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, Whereas the last campaign video I did was like 30 seconds, <laughs> so I was like, ah, no, no one cares. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> but it, it, you have to do what's best for you um, and do what's best for your company. There's always going to be companies out there that are, you know, spending tons of money and tons of time and tons of effort to their page and the way it's structured and the way it's built. But you can still have a, a small campaign that that does what you need it to do. Uh, you don't have to try to compete with everybody else. Like you're on the platform together. You're not, you know
1: competing. Another question from smirk and dagger. How important is it to fund in the first 48 hours versus historically? First of all, was it ever actually important to fund in the first 48 hours and is it at all now?
2: Nope, never was, never has been, never will be. That is a weird rumor that I'm constantly trying to break. Um, No, if you needed to fund within the first 48 hours, we would tell you to launch a campaign for 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, there's a reason we say 30 days, right? Uh, I don't know where this rumor got started. I suspect it was some blog from someone who decided that they were a Kickstarter Kickstarter expert and actually has no idea what the hell they're talking about. Um, so typically, what we see, and also I would I would also say maybe what's happening here, the first 48 hours of a campaign is typically when we see a high level of activity on projects. Um, that doesn't matter if that's your funded in, in uh, 48 hours or if you only get like 30% funded in 48 hours. That level of activity is just, it's kind of high no matter what because it's like the campaign has just started. Then you go through the project plateau period, right? And that could be like you get no pledges or you get a small amount of pledges or there's just like there's a steady stream of pledges where you kind of have a bit of an uptick, but like the line kind of, kind of, you know, just sort of does this sort of situation. Uh, that's all to say leading up to the last 48 hours. So, first 48 and last 48, these are like the most important like pillars of your project. That last 48 hours tends to mirror that first 48 hours. So, we've seen projects where it's like, there's no way this is going to fund. They're only at like 40%. And they go into the last 48 hours and they end up funding. Um, so, people that cancel their campaign because they haven't funded within some sort of like arbitrary time that they've just decided is incredibly frustrating because we're like, you don't know what's gonna happen. Don't cancel your campaign. Unless there's a reason, unless there's, you know, a very specific reason or we're like, you know what, you might want to cancel and like reassess, um, which even us at Kickstarter, that's pretty rare that we would say that to somebody. Um, I think I've only told in the almost five years I've been at Kickstarter, I think I've only told maybe like three or four people to do that,
1: um,
2: we tell people like, you want to see what happens during that same thirty to thirty-five days. It's incredibly important. But just to put it out there, this idea that you need to find within your first your first forty-eight hours has never been a thing. It will never been. It will never
1: be a thing. It is currently not a thing. Like, stop. <laughs> okay. So while I have you, I'm actually gonna. Then um, I had a moment where just my brain exploded, and I'm gonna ask you. If my brain exploding in outrage was an appropriate response uh, and uh, if I was wrong, then I will, you know, make amends to the people I told were off their rockers. Um, At some point I was standing in the hallway at a convention and heard somebody say, oh, well, you really should set your funding for half of what you actually need because you'll really easily get the other half. And it's absolutely vital that you fund in the first two days. No. How does that match your experiences? And what is the outcome of that type of strategy usually? Uh,
2: it's bad for everyone and it sucks, so don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that's, John, do you wanna take this one? I,
0: I mean, I can speak to it from, from both a creator standpoint, but also from like working with other, other folks. Um, sure. the, the worst thing you, you wanna do is get X amount of money, be on the hook for delivering a project, and need X times two, because then that is coming out of your pocket. You don't, you, you do not want to do that. You don't want to set yourself up for failure. Uh, I typically try to encourage folks to have three scenarios built into their campaign on the back end, so they have uh, maybe the ideal scenarios in the middle. If they get funded or a little bit overfunded, um, if they get like barely funded, have a, a first scenario that might not be the exact product they want, but it's the kind of the MVP, the, the minimum viable product. And then the third scenario, which is like, hey, we blew things out of proportion or blew things out of the water. It's going great. We can do all these other extra little things for everybody and everyone's going to be psyched um, because that makes sure that you're not in debt. It's like you, money's a real thing. It's not fake. <laughs> you need it to make the thing. And it, if you, you can take a risk, like if you're willing to take, like, let's say you need 50 grand, but. You're saying, listen, if I get 40 grand exactly, I'm willing to put up the 10 myself. Like you can make that decision. You're a human, you can do what you wish. But by no means do you want to accept taking 40 when you need 50 and then cancel at 42. Because then you're 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 actually losing people. You're having people that have faith in you, they backed your product, project, game, whatever it is, and now you're canceling after you've received funding and it's confusing. It it kind of splits what people are thinking about you and your product and and everything.
2: I would also add to that one of the... Sorry, my Discord is going off and I don't know how to change it. Um, (laughs) uh, I would also add to that uh, one of the tactics that I've seen that is a big no-no, and I get a lot of pushback on this, is uh, launching your project saying, oh, I need... 50 and I'm going to launch at 40 and then show all my stretch goals that go up to 70 because 70 is what I actually want. You don't actually want to launch your project with any visible stretch goals. And there's a couple different reasons for this. So exactly what John's saying. If you, if you know you need 50 and you're asking for 40, hoping to get 50, if you, you know, only make 42 and either cancel because you're like, well, I didn't get what I really wanted. That's super shitty for everybody. Um, but also, let's say that you're like, well, I'm not going to cancel. I have to make a thing with $8,000 that I absolutely need because I didn't want to ask for the full amount because someone told me this is a tactic I should do. Similar to that with stretch goals, stretch goals should really just be things that are like enhancing what the game actually is. Um, and they should be stretch goals that are actually something you can do i see this a little bit more in video games the biggest culprit that i see is people promising console builds without actually having conversations with sony uh microsoft or nintendo and so promising a switch version and being like oh i didn't know i had to talk to nintendo i just figured i could get a dev kit and i'm like do you know how expensive those dev kits are do you have anyone that's able to do porting do you have anybody that's able to do localization like have you have you done any of this (laughs) yeah Um, But similar to the tabletop space, right, where it's like, well, I want to have a million dollar Kickstarter, which I'm just like, that's fine if that's your goal and that's great and that's awesome and, like, good for you. Um, But, like, let's also just be a little bit realistic of, like, let's manage expectations appropriately. Um, So let's say your goal is not a million. Your goal is, like, I just want to have a $150,000 Kickstarter because for some reason I have that number in mind as, like, this will make me successful and it will make me happy because honestly at this point, just trying to like get that serotonin happening is all anyone's like trying to do. Uh, let's say that you decide, okay, well I'm going to launch at 50. I know I can do 50. Um, but I'm going to launch with a whole bunch, of, or let's say that you launch, uh, you need 50, but you launch at 20 and you have a whole bunch of stretch goals going up to 150 because you're like, well, I'm going to entice people with stretch goals. One, that means that your stretch goals are going to supersede the actual project. And that's super dangerous because it means that you're on the hook to, like, basically fulfill those stretch goals when you don't necessarily know, like, where everything else is going to go. It's very up in the air. Um, and two, it needs to be about the core project. That's what your project needs to be about. So once you've met that initial funding goal, which is your real funding goal that you actually could ask for and not some arbitrary number because you want to use this, like, weird, like, mind game tactic. Um, then you can roll your shreffles out because then you could be like, cool, I'm." this means that the community of people that have decided to back my project are saying we believe in you and you, we know you can make this happen. Now you as a creator can say, well, now I'm going to give you more or I can provide the things that you as a community are saying. So if it's a card game and people are like, I really want like gold binding on my cards or I really want like glossy card stock or something like that, right? Or I want this, this game to be in color when an, originally it was black and white. Being able to provide those really tangible things as stretch goals is so much better than, like, I'm going to build 12 new levels without a designer just because I wanted to put a stretch goal in. Like, oh, my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got it. No, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a uptick in backers canceling after they've pledged? Have you seen a, that pattern? I would say no. Um, I I do think there like there probably
2: is a little bit, but I would say that like it's not something that Kickstarter has noticed. Um, I do think that people are a little bit more cautious about their finances right now, and I think that that totally makes sense, and I think that's fair. Um, but in terms of it being a thing that we've
1: seen, no. Okay. Um, it's interesting, just um in the realm of how rumors get started, and Kickstarter always generates a bunch of rumors. I've seen two conversations in two different places online about this, and someone asked in the chat and, and so it's it's an impression that's out there somewhere, and I'm not sure where it's coming from, but it's interesting to me that i in the last like week i've this is now the third time I've run into it as a Like speculation. Yeah. So I suspect what
2: happened is probably it happened to a couple creators. And so that created the narrative of, oh, everybody's uh, backers, everybody's canceling their their pledges. But the Kickstarter as a whole,
1: that's not the case. Interesting. Huh. Um, Okay. Uh, Regarding artificially low funding goals, there's huge pressure from a marketing standpoint to have a low goal so that when you fund, you can fund at X percent over which, which triggers page algorithms and get you more views can you address that for who uh like it like are you saying that's how kickstarter works or that is that is yeah. the impression that someone has that if oh, you that's, fund that's very sweet that's not the case at <laughs> all that's really cute no
2: oh honey no 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 that's not how kickstarter works okay. how, how do those front page views actually work so everything is hand curated on Kickstarter, every feature, every every homepage placement, every newsletter, every social media mention. There's no algorithm that says, like, yeah, we're, we're going to decide that this is on the front page. Front page placement is 100 percent decided by an editorial or curation team who basically make all those decisions. I, this is another weird rumor that I hear is like, well, if, if you guys only uh, your algorithm only pulls like popular projects and that's not true at all. Um, If anything, John and I are constantly fighting for projects that don't necessarily have high funding goals, but it does like we are constantly fighting for projects that we believe in. It's not a like it's not like a money marketing weird sort of scheme or anything like that. Um, Everything is 100 percent done by actual humans behind Kickstarter. It's not based on on the number of backers it's not based on the amount of money that you bring in or anything like that has never been the case and that will not be the case we take this stuff really seriously we are very much committed to showcasing projects that we believe in and we do our best to provide features as as much as we can but uh if you're launching a project and saying well if i i'm gonna launch a 20k and i'm gonna make 50 and then i'll be on the front page of kickstarter you will have a bad experience and i'm very sorry (laughs)
1: So it's really, really funny. funny. In true gamer perspective, we had two sets of reactions. There was the hooray, there's humans guiding this. And then the one person that said, oh, great, who do I suck up to? How do I gamify this? John and I. <laughs> <laughs> what are your currencies?
0: Uh, uh,
1: don't email me
2: every hour and then find me on Twitter and then find my phone number and decide to call me. That was one of the best moments yeah. we ever had.
0: Yeah, we're humans. Um, <laughs> so there's, the, there's no feed feed yeah. cookies and get on front page of Kickstarter. It's like, we're just humans. Um, you know, talk to us. We have conversations.
2: My whole thing is, like, John and I want to know what makes your project... Why are you excited? And, and when I say that, I don't want to get an answer of my project's going to make a whole bunch of money. I'm not really interested in that. Money is... Fine And and look, we live in a capitalistic hellhole and we need money to survive, apparently. Um, But like the money talk and the money situation is not that interesting to me. What's interesting to me is why is it that this game that you made needs to exist in the world? That's the question that I need to have you answer um, to me as to why I can go why John and I can go speak to our larger like Kickstarter team and say, like, this is why this project needs to exist in the world. It can't just be monetary. If it's just monetary, oh, what's the story there?
0: Yeah, I, was, I, was, I wrote to Anya the other day about a project that I watched the video of and I was like, this is like the sweetest person who's writing this and like the video is so genuine and what they're making is really nice. Like that, that's what matters to me is uh, I'm, I'm here to advocate for creators and those creators just happen to make projects. Um, and that's what's really important to me is just, you know, the, the, the people behind and the stories behind is is it means it means a lot.
1: Uh, so in that realm, what things are you currently and I know this is this is just a personal preference and this isn't like Kickstarter's position on, but what things are you being really excited by? Like what types of things are really moving you today? Anything that's not by a straight white
2: dude. <laughs> Yep. I mean y'all are great but there's so many of you <laughs> 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 um yeah I think I think we are really interested in bringing new voices to the platform and new voices just to the the art form of games um also like I I like games that are going to sort of just challenge me a little bit like, I understand, like a simple card game is great, that's awesome, but like, what's the twist to it? What's the thing that makes makes it exciting? Um, that's always gonna be like the thing that I get excited about the most.
0: Yeah, for me, I, I like seeing stuff that is, to Anya's point, not the same thing, whether it's, and, and by that, I mean, not just the games, the, the creators, like it's not just the same thing over and over again. Like that, I think diversity in our space is important. And I think that that applies to both the games and creators. Like it's it's so true, Um, and I think that we're. I think it's getting better, Um, and I think that it's it's a long process. It's not like a snap your fingers and it happens. Um, But you know, we're watching it develop, which is it's great to see.
1: Um, One of the things that I'm watching right now, um, obviously I'm in a different intersection of like fields and industries, but I feel like we're in a period of innovation just out of sheer necessity. Is there anything that you've seen come through or any trends that you're seeing that are really um, either different or taking uh, advantage or reacting to our current cultural situations, cultural and scientific? epidemiological
0: i've seen a lot of games where they've they've been developed and played with teams that have never met each other Mm. which is super
1: interesting
0: that's really cool yeah it's i i i don't think i can i don't want like put anyone on blast but like someone sent me a game and it was two people making the game who had never met each other in person in life just all video chats and i was like that is why and they're like yeah the game's meant to be played over You can play it in person if you want, but (laughs) it was made in a Zoom format. And I was like, wow, that's interesting.
2: That's happening with just content in general, too, though. Like, I... Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I watched a horror movie that was made over Zoom. (laughs)
0: Really? Yeah. Oh,
2: boy. Okay.
1: (laughs) It was very strange.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
1: Um, so, we have a comment here, which is from uh, More Seats at the Table. They mm-hmm. showcased Kickstarted and new and old tabletop games and LARPs by creators of marginalized gender in their bi weekly newsletter. So, it was kind of a pitch okay. for those creators that are uh, outside of the, the norm, as it were. Okay. Yeah. The shifting yeah. norm. Kim, uh, I will connect you guys by, uh, by uh, email. Awesome. after this so that you guys so that you know each other. Cool. Um WV Gamers asks, so on the Kickstarter dashboard, there is a metric for project followers. How oh. much should a creator pay attention to those values?
2: Um I think it's an important metric to take note of, but I don't necessarily know like I'd be hesitant to say that it's like the Tried and true sort of thing. So one of the questions we get a lot of is like, what sort of the uh, what's the um, not return on investment, but what's the like um, the term is escaping me right now? Uh, conversion rate. Conversion rate. Thank you. Jeez, my brain just malfunctioned momentarily. Uh, the conversion rate is actually really difficult for us to determine, um, and it's because it's different. It's not only different per category it's different for projects and then it's different it's very different all through Kickstarter. so there's not really like a general number um the one number that i do keep hearing that it's like kind of baseline but also again like each project is different is about 12 um that seems to be like relatively decent but again sometimes sometimes that's 40 sometimes that's 70 like it's 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 really difficult to kind of determine Um, The follower count, quite honestly, and I'm assuming this is for the pre-launch page, Uh, if this isn't just the pre-launch page and it's people just following the project in the dashboard, that's a really good number just to kind of know, like, cool, I have all these people who are probably going to back my project uh, during the last 48 hours like a certain percentage of that are people that are going to back my project during the last 48 hours for the dashboard. If we're talking specifically about that dashboard, um, that's a good sort of metric to be like, cool, uh, I have you know 3,000 people that have basically followed my project. You can sort of anticipate if there's a huge follower uh, count, that's probably going to, you'll see, you'll like reap the benefits of that towards the end
1: of the project cycle. What yeah. quantifies a huge follower count? it depends on the project yeah yeah that's that's
2: kind of the that's (laughs) uh, what you'll notice is a lot of what we say is like it depends um and part of that is like because there's there's different genres there's different funding goals there's different like you know metrics everything is so different and this is also why like we as the games team so there's three so just to kind of give you a little bit of context here there's three of us on the games team at kickstarter there's john myself and then we have a um a guy in europe named michael who does all of our european outreach um like and that's not just video games it's also tabletop games it's just he manages europe so we're a pretty small team for a category that is you know roughly a third of kickstarter um that is consistently bringing in a lot of money um And so it's also one of the reasons we don't, we don't have like a one sheet that we send people of just like, here's all the tips and tricks. Uh, You know, we don't just send, like I can send people to, John and I can send people to kickstarter.com and say like, read this article and and that's great. But we don't necessarily like, we don't really like to just send basic literature because one, people aren't gonna read it. And two, um, each project is unique and different. And we wanna make sure that we like tailor our responses
0: for that project and for per that person. Yeah, yeah. Creator goals are, are super influential. You could have the same project that's with two different people, and one person could be like, "I want this to be my full-time job," and I'll let the other person say, "Well, this is just a side thing that I do for a couple hours a week."
1: Yeah. So,
0: the, the exact same game in two different people's hands can be vastly different.
1: So, out of morbid curiosity, what's the worst advice anyone has ever relayed to you as having been given to them for kickstarting? Fund in 48 hours. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so validated right now. You have no idea.
2: <laughs> I mean, that uh, combined with... Sorry, but that combined with the like, oh, just go for a lower goal and then just like hope that you get more. Oh my God, what are you doing? Don't tell people that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of people recently saying you have to use ads. Mm. You, you don't. Um, you can use ads if they align with your goals and if they align with... Your situation uh, in your project, in particular, mm-hmm. it's not a one size fits all. You don't have to go to this person, do these ads, spend this much money. You don't have to like. Just make sure that you're tailoring your decisions around what your your goals are, both the the, the project's goals and your your personal goals. All right.
1: Um lip on this end. Uh, So then I guess the the question that people, I assume people join the panel kind of in the back of their head is, okay, so if I'm planning a Kickstarter today, what Mm -hmm. should I be doing differently than if I was planning the same Kickstarter a year ago today? Based on COVID? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think the biggest one is going to be, you need to find the best way to play test your game during COVID. Um, That's going to be number one. And I would also encourage people to find a way to play tests, um, like find a way to play the game keeping safety measures in mind. So for example, if your game requires any sort of like interaction with another human, so it's like, oh, if if it was like um, Happy Salmon, right, which is like there's physical touch in that game, how do you tune that? So like that's still possible, especially if you're with your pod. But if like, so if you're playing that with someone that's not in your pod, how do you tailor that game so touch is not necessary within the game?
1: That makes a lot of sense. Um, And so what I'm hearing is that there isn't some sort of magic lever that people can wiggle in order to be more successful running a campaign Uh, It is literally have common sense, think this through, engage with the world like we're living with COVID and be a responsible human. Yeah, pretty
0: much. Feel free to ask us questions. Like that's cool too. (laughs) (laughs) We're down to to talk, Um, but yeah, it's play testing is tough. Getting the game in front of people, getting just people interested in general is tough. So like once you have a solid game, what do you do? And that's where social media comes into play even more than it was before. Virtual conventions and figuring out how to make those work best for you can be helpful. Uh, I I think that something's going to emerge from this. I don't know when, could be next week, could be next year, uh, different ways that people have been doing it and been successful. I think there's going to be things that we didn't think of. Um, So continue trying to be creative with it. Stuff.
1: So the chat room is surprisingly quiet. I'm not used to the chat room being quite so quiet. Um, I'm surprised more people aren't. I I think people are actually a little surprised by the fact that you're like, no, there's no, there's no magic formula. Um, <laughs> if there was one thing that you would never have to deal with again from a creator, other than calling you at home, like let's let's just draw a line there and be like, that is our maximum level of awful, yeah. but if there was one thing that you could tweak out of the behavior that wasn't the like 48 hours or half funding, if there was one thing that you would just like implant in everybody's brain as a, you don't need to think about this or you don't need to worry about that, just just stop. What would it be? Ooh,
2: that's a good question. Um... Uh,
0: it doesn't it, I, I wish people cared less about like celebrities. <laughs> i don't know i feel like a lot of people think like if a big name says my game is good then everyone's gonna buy it everyone's gonna back it and i've never seen any anything to to reinforce that like oh so and so person said they played my game and they tweeted about it it's like okay cool like focus on having a good game
2: i think the just to kind of piggyback off of that i think there's two things to that and i would definitely agree that this is a thing that we're constantly fighting against There is a false perception that if you get a streamer, an influencer, a YouTuber, or like a press person, or a blogger, or something like that, that it just takes one of those influential sort of things that suddenly your project is gonna suck, right? Or like, you know, I don't really need to focus on community building. I can just get my friend, you know, I'm friends with, I don't know, this XYZ streamer. I know the guys, I know everybody can crit roll, and they'll just like tweet about my game. There's a very low return on investment there because, and if you think about it from the sense of, well, the people that are going to be following some of these celebrities or influencers or whoever they are, right? They're following them for their content. They're not necessarily following them for the content of like, oh, my friend has a thing. Like most people, like how many times do we see something where like, I don't know. A celebrity that I really like right is like oh my friends doing a thing I'm gonna be like okay cool but like as soon as they're talking about the thing that they're doing it's like well that's what I'm more interested in so thinking about it from that perspective um, so what we tend to get pushback on a lot is this idea that you don't need to really focus on community building or well I don't have a community and I'll just come to Kickstarter and like the Kickstarter community will just like follow me and it's not a big deal and that's not really the case um, so I think like having people launch and saying, well, I'll just build a community through Kickstarter without having an existing community, it's, it's a slog, it's such a challenge. So sort of relying on these like third party services, whether that is a third party ad agency, I personally put like blogs, blog people and press and influencers, whatever terms we're using these days, um, I put them all within third party sort of like space
1: versus like the community that I'm able to build. interesting one of the things that i have seen that just stuns me is that i'll see like i'll be occasionally i my household will fire me from all kickstarter groups on facebook because there will be a gestalt of like four or five in the same week where they're like we're halfway funded and we are trying to find more followers and we're trying to like how do we do community outreach to reach our funding goal and i'm like how did you get this far and not understand that your community has to be built before or yeah you're not like this isn't gonna work yeah um and it's interesting that that's something that you guys see too um Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's hard to tell how much of what hits facebook groups is just the outliers versus the things that are happening as patterns
2: well facebook groups are just people screaming into a void anyway so (laughs) right
1: yeah I get tagged Uh, in a lot of
2: those Facebook groups where people are like, I need Anya's opinion about this. And I'm like, you super don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's say a uh, project doesn't fund, says WV Gamers. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we should take our lessons, learned from feedback, make the changes, and relaunch. Mm -hmm. Is there a period of time we should wait before trying to relaunch? I've seen projects cancel and come back a few weeks later, but I often feel like that's too quick from a perception standpoint. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great question.
2: Um, no, I mean, the rough answer is that it's like, oh, we've seen people launch the next day. They're like, we know this isn't gonna fund and for whatever reason, we're like, oh, we just need to lower our goal or like, you know, we need to blah, 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 blah. blah. So they let it run out and then they, they basically relaunch the next day. I would say whatever time is appropriate for you to sort of do some of that reflection and say, this is what I know I need to change about the campaign. If that's a day, if that's a week, if that's a month, if that's a year, right, again, this is kind of going back to this idea that like each project is different. And so it's hard for us to kind of speak in like, uh, you know, absolute terms. Um, it, it's tailored to each creator. Some people it is just a week. Some people it's, it's a month. Some people it's a year. It really depends. If it's, I didn't have a community probably launching the next day is not a good idea. If it's my goal was too high, uh, maybe a week later is totally fine with a new goal.
1: And how often do you see things relaunch where it's just something like my goal was too high or my art wasn't good and I, I hired a new artist in the middle of the campaign? Like how often does that happen? Mm-hmm. I'd say it's probably
2: like a 50-50 um, where it's like, well, actually not super fair. It, it, most people who don't fund, it is because of the community building side of it. Um, but I would say in tabletop, it's, it is a little bit more common that it's like, oh, our goal is too high or like, you know, suddenly we got this new artist or, you know, there's other extenuating circumstances. So it's, uh, I'd say it's more like 70-30. 70, it's just the community wasn't built. 30 is like, oh, there is something else going on.
1: Here's a here's thing that just occurred to me. What I am hearing, uh, and what I've gotten out of this conversation, is that if somebody has heard a truism, where someone has told them this is absolutely how Kickstarter works, or this is absolutely how this is going to work, they could probably just drop you a line and be like, "Hey, I heard this thing. Is this true? And how does this affect me?" Yep. Please yes. do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please drop post in a Facebook group. Hey, I heard this thing about Kickstarter
2: because then again, it's just a whole bunch of people screaming into a void at you. And so you have to parse out that information. Who's telling you the truth? Who's got those credentials? You don't really know. Um, And Oh boy, oh boy, do I get annoyed when I get tagged into Facebook group where someone's like, I heard this rumor and I need Anya to weigh in on it. And I'm like, nope. I'm not on
0: Facebook anymore. Because of all the, the, like, lack of truisms.
2: I've done it like maybe once or twice where I've responded and been like, oh, actually blah, 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 you know, and like literally cited evidence. And then I just met, get my, with, like, no, 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 that didn't happen to me. So obviously it's not true. And I'm like, okay, all
1: right, that's fine. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the most valuable uh, part of this was the, just ask, just ask, just ask. Yeah. Um, cool. So we are at three minutes before the end of the uh, hour. Okay. Uh, do, you, do either of you have last thoughts that you want to pitch in?
2: Um, well, first, thanks for having us. This was great. Oh, sure. um, always happy to chat about Kickstarter and, and games and things like that. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, you know, we're sort of wrapping up towards the end of the year, but if anybody's, if, if anybody is launching a project event within the next two months, please reach out so we can have those conversations. Um, but again, like anybody that's launching anytime next year, we're here, we're excited. Uh, this is going to, this is slated to be one of our best years on record. And so I'm sure it's just going to be better next year. Um, so John and I are available. We're here. We're happy to chat. Available how? Um, you can either email John and I at James at Kickstarter, or my email is A-N-Y-A at Kickstarter.com or John, if you want to say your email too.
0: Mine is Ritter at Kickstarter.com. I just put it in the chat, R-I-T-T-E-R at Kickstarter.com.
2: Can you put mine in there, too? I can.
0: (laughs) Thanks. And I'll put the games one in there as well.
2: Awesome. Yeah. So that's that's a way to email us. Totally cool. Um, My Twitter nonsense is open. I know some people, for whatever reason, prefer Twitter. That's totally okay. Um, Yeah, we're available. Please don't ask for my number and call me, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will block you
0: yeah (laughs) twitter's cool
1: (laughs) all right um so i think that's everything thank you guys i really appreciate your participation today and i feel like um i feel like you've demystified a few things for some of the publishers i know